Today with Catherine Ruinala. Uh, here in Australia, they are advertising, I don't know if you've seen the advertisements, but they are advertising for the Harvest Army. Have you seen that? Because uh, we've had such good rain, praise the Lord, we were praying so hard and so long for the rain that we now having bumper crops, praise the Lord. But because the borders are closed, all the international fruit pickers aren't able to come over and bring in the harvest. So they're desperately needing people to go to places like Stanthorpe and um, all around Australia out to the farms and pick fruit. And so they've got this great big um, campaign going. It was on the front page of the Australian Today. Harvest, harvest, harvest. And you know, I believe it's prophetic that harvest, 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 the fields are white, the fields are ripe, but pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into the harvest field because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And I really believe the Lord's inviting us into a season of harvesting, not only harvesting souls because His Spirit is working and as we move with Him, He's gonna cause us to be able to reap them and bring them in. But He's also wanting to bring a harvest of promises in this season, that there's gonna be a harvest. I hear the Lord saying that um, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days, it'll come back. Well, the many days have been and the coming back is here, hallelujah. And it's a season now where you're gonna begin to harvest those things that you've sown in tears, those promises that have almost gone dormant, the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on them again, and He wants to see us come into a place of supernatural harvest. But it's going to require us recognizing the need for God to release in our hearts a prayer of faith. And the only way we can pray the prayer of faith is if we allow His perfect love to cast out all our fear. It says here in Psalm 42, verse seven, uh, from the Passion Translation, it says here, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Some translations would say, my deep cries out to your deep. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. I don't know about you, but I need my relationship with God to be real. I can't just do a form. God wants us to have a real relationship with Him. And I remember years ago, I was praying as I I normally would. I'd been asking all the things. And the Bible tells us in Philippians 4 to um, not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. And so I'd go through and I'd, be, I'd asked all the things. I, I got a long list, I don't know about you, but the more I ask, the more I begin to realize I need to ask about that. So I'd, I'd done all the asking, I'd, I'd spent the time with the Lord, I'd prayed through, but there was still this grumble in my spirit. And 
I just didn't know, I didn't know what it was. It's like an itch that you couldn't scratch, only deeper in my spirit. And I went into my room and um, I felt the Lord just so powerfully in the room, but I, I, I couldn't get rid of this. And so I said to God, I said, Lord, in desperation, I just said, what do I want? And I heard his voice so clearly. He said to me, you want to be loved. And you think, well, what, what do you mean, God? Because I've got a lovely family. I've got a, a husband who loves me. I've got children who love me. I've got a lovely church. I've, you've blessed me in so many ways. Lots of people love me, but he was right. As soon as he said it, my heart just went, Oh, yes, that's what I want. I want to be loved, God. Love me, Jesus. And I, it was the entrance into such a deep encounter with his love as it just washed over me and satisfied this deep need that was calling out to the deep kindness of his love. You know, that deep need is not something that is a one-off event that gets filled and then that's it. The heart of the Father, it tells us in that beautiful prayer in Ephesians 3, is to fill us to overflowing with all the fullness of God, which means Every day, he wants more to be released in our hearts. He wants to release more of his presence. The Bible says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Fullness is not just a good amount. It's an overflowing, glorious outpouring that can't be physically or emotionally or spiritually handled. You need supernatural power to receive it. And God wants to fill you with all the fullness of God. And God is unsearchable. <laughs> so what does that look like? It looks like filling a need that you can't even mentally comprehend, but that is a deep calling to his deep. That is a deep cry and, and God wants to fill us every day. So there's nothing wrong with you if you find yourself in the place of going, yes, I need to be loved. Actually, you are in a really healthy place because you're recognizing your need. Revelation 3 talks about the church of Laodicea that got themselves into the place where they thought, well, I'm right. No worries, I'm rich and full and have need of nothing. But actually, they didn't recognize they were genuinely really needy. And because they didn't recognize their need, they weren't getting the love that God wanted to pour into their hearts. So when you humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm needy, I'm needy for love, he he. He responds to your deep crying out and he comes to fill you up. 
Some people might get offended and they might say, well, you've got everything you need, sister. I mean, I've had people harass me online. Ah, you, don't you know you've got everything? And I'm like, I know, he's given me everything pertaining to life and godliness, but it's not a static thing. This is a a living God that I am living with, and my living need is continually crying out to his living water. And I'm not a stagnant pond. I have a river that God wants to continually supply. Hallelujah so that it never runs dry, hallelujah. But this deep need crying out to his deep love, this revelation of the love of God, this desire for God to fill you, is not just about your emotions or a nice encounter with God. People could, if you relegate it to that, you could almost relegate it in your head to a luxury that you'll have when you've got time. But this need for love is actually the key source to everything in your life. If you want to live a life of victory and power, if you want to overcome, you have to get yourself in the place where you are in tune with that deep need on the inside of you so that you don't put it off. Because if you put off exposing your deep need to God so that he can fill you right down to the deepest part, then very quickly, that deep need starts to look elsewhere to be filled. And the enemy can come in with all sorts of temptations, but he can also come in with fear. You see, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And fear doesn't just look like fear of the future or anxiety. You might think, well, I'm not a fearful person. But fear can take all sorts of forms. And without daily opening up your deep need to receive by faith the deep kindness of his love for us, that Fear can come in, and and it can look like a fear of not being quite enough. A fear that, that comes in with condemnation, that tricks you into falling back into old patterns of thinking that, well, you know, I don't really feel tremendously worthy or spiritual right now or in a really good space. And you can live with that creeping attitude. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? The answer to that is the perfect love of God, is hearing a revelation freshly that day, today, of God speaking to us and telling us the truth. Because in his light, we see light. So every day, we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Because as we lift up our eyes to him in faith, believing that he's going to fill us with his love, that condemnation, that sense of, oh, I'm not quite good enough, 
it'll, it'll start to fester if you don't let the love of God cast out the fear that comes to try and illegally take up residence on your beautiful garden of righteousness, peace, and joy. He wants to settle like a lie, sitting in the background, just sapping your strength, sapping your confidence. It's a little fox that wants to spoil the vine. You know, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, these are verses that I share all the time. I love these verses. You should make them a memory verse if you haven't got these memorized. But 1 John 3, verse 20 says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You see, receiving the love of God, the perfect love of God, casts out the fear that would rob you of your confidence, that would give you the power to pray the prayer of faith that God has called us to pray and to, to walk in. The righteous shall live by faith, but faith is powered by God who is love. And so receiving love is not just a nice thing to make you feel better. It's actually the power source that your confidence will flow from. It's not a self-confidence, it's a holy confidence that knows I am not condemned. I am free as he is, so am I in this world. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm forgiven, hallelujah. We need to know and, and, and have faith that God wants to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But how can you really believe that if in the back of your mind you're like, yeah, but I, I really haven't prayed as much as I should have. I really didn't. I, you know, I didn't really perform well enough to feel like I'm in that place that God could just let me come into the abundance and the blessing. It's been a lot of talk about blessing, that beautiful song, The Blessing from Numbers chapter six, that beautiful Aaronic prayer, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Well, I, I believe it's no accident that the, the blessing has gone all over the world because God is looking to release a revelation of his love so that people can begin in faith to respond to what God wants to pour out. And what he wants to pour out is terrifyingly glorious. It's actually, it's not ordinary by any stretch of the imagination. It is, and I say it like this, terrifyingly glorious in that, God, you want to do what? 
you would trust us with your glory to manifest your glory all over the earth so that your glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea so that people are swept into your kingdom, that they're experiencing miracles and signs and wonders, that we would walk as the sons and daughters of God like kings and priests operating in a scary, holy confidence, a scary faith. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to bless us Indeed, but in order to be able to receive what God wants to do so that he can bring the move that he wants to bring on the earth through you, we have to humble ourselves and remember, oh God, I'm not rich and full and have need of nothing. I'm actually deeply needy. I need, what do I want? What do I want to be loved? I need your deep love to cast out every remnant, every trace of fear. You know, Jesus talked about um, when he was talking to the woman at the well. He was talking to her about this living water. And she got excited saying, well, that'd be great to have water that I didn't have to come and carry these heavy pots and walk all the way out here every day. But Jesus was talking about a source that she wouldn't have to work for ever again. It's something that by faith she could access at any moment without having to perform or work for it. And this is the beauty of the love of God. Um, The Bible talks to us about, back here in Psalm 42, about the river of his pleasure. It's God's river of pleasure for us that he wants us to receive from. You know, everybody wants affirmation, wants in some way to be loved and respected and, 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 and valuable. But God wants to provide that for us so far above what we could ever even comprehend or ask. He wants to show you the value that you have to him, that you are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the earth, that you are as he is in this world, that you have far more worth than you've ever understood. And without a revelation of his love, without him empowering your faith, your head will get in the way of receiving that sort of affirmation from God on a daily basis. But your need won't go away. You'll start looking for it from everybody else. God instead wants to fill it so powerfully. And he, but he needs us to believe that he is good and that he wants to give it to us. Psalm 27 verse 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We need to get a revelation of his love so that we can believe that when God is thinking about our future, he has good plans in store. How do we know that? The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to 
prosper you, not to harm you. So if you've got fear of the future, dread of what might come, this is a promise. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The Bible says that he's laid up good works in advance for you to do. He says, I desire to bless you and keep you, make my face shine on you and be gracious to you, to lift my countenance upon you, to give you peace. And God wants to make room in our hearts to receive what he wants to pour in, a fresh dose of hope. It doesn't mean that we don't have trouble. In this world, we have trouble, but take heart. In other words, grab a hold of hope because God has overcome the world and he will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? So how do you do this? How do you access this love that'll birth in you a prayer of faith, that'll empower you to believe, dare to believe that he actually wants to bless you? Well, when you get alone with God, you need to approach him in faith and believe that he is God who calls those things that be not as though they are. So if you go to him and you come and you're, you're feeling like, oh God, I, I just, you know, I know better. I, I really should have been praying more than I have been. I, I, I haven't really spent much quality time with you at all. I don't really feel very spiritual and you come and you're feeling like this. Anyone ever relating to what I'm saying? And, you're, and your heart is condemning you. I could have done more. If you, if you get on that treadmill, anything you've done will never be enough because you could always do more. I'm not saying that spending time with God isn't a wonderful thing, but when we have the attitude that we're somehow working to deserve anything, we're on a treadmill that will only cause us to live in constant condemnation. But if you approach God believing God calls those things that be not as though they are, he he says that about you and I. When he spoke to Abraham, when he, he called him, he was called Abram, he spoke to Abram and he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And I call you Abraham, father of many nations. He called what was not as though it was. He looked at Gideon in the wine press and he says, mighty man of valor, while he's hiding in the wine press. He looks at the woman who's caught in adultery and Caught in the very act. This one who should be stoned for what she's done. And when Jesus speaks to her, you know what he says? He doesn't say, you filthy sinner, how could you? You're going to have to pay for that. He looks at her and he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What he was doing was inviting her into a new life and a new way and a new day. He was inviting her 
to turn from her wicked ways and to embrace the righteousness of God, the, the gift of mercy and forgiveness, where he looks at her and doesn't see the sin and the past. He looks at her and says, there you are, beautiful one. Go and sin no more. I'm giving you power to have a new life, uncondemned, free from shame, free from the definition of the past, a new life. Hallelujah. And the heart of God is for every one of us to recognize that God is offering to us something fresh. Every day when we come to him, we come to worship him, he's speaking over you truth. He's not identifying you by your past, but as you come to him and you, you've acknowledged, God, I did that, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done that. He says that he doesn't even recall your past sins. They are so far removed from you that they no longer have anything to do with you. That is not who you are anymore. Whether they're sins that you've done or sins of things that you should have done and didn't do, it doesn't matter. If you approach God in faith, believing that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he looks at you and says, neither do I condemn you. 